Step into the incense and whiskey sanctuary with mindfulness enthusiasts and verified whiskey lovers, Mecca and Ashley, as they discuss all the random topics they love, from mindfulness to memes. This is Ashley. And this is Mecca. Mecca, today we are going to make a blood orange old-fashioned. Have you ever had an old-fashioned or a blood orange old-fashioned? I have never had a blood orange old-fashioned before. Okay, I will tell you this is one of my favorites. It's a it's a fun twist on a classic. Have you ever used or seen a blood orange? I have. I don't know. I have. It's like it's super rich in its color. Yeah. Inside, right? Yeah. So I believe they're pretty popular in the Mediterranean. It looked like an orange that you're used to seeing. You cut it open, it has a deeper red flesh. Okay. So that's how yes. you know you've got a blood orange. Okay. So our ingredients include three-fourths ounces of fresh-squeezed blood orange juice, one ounce of simple syrup. Just a reminder to everyone, simple syrup is nothing more than sugar and water, so please do not go buy this. You have these things at home. Five to 10 dashes of Angostura bitters, four ounces of bourbon, two two inch pieces of the orange peels, and two to four brandied cherries and bar spoons of cherry juice. What's brandied cherries? So brandied cherries are though, they, they look a little bit darker. So think of like a maraschino cherry, that's like a bright red. The yeah. brandy cherry is like a darker red. It's okay. Kind of, it's been steeped in brandy. It's, it's marinated cherry. I know. Okay. I, I, I'm familiar. I don't know why I didn't think that it was a name, but I, maybe I didn't, I never knew the proper name for it. Okay. Yeah, no problem. And then, so what we're going to do is we're going to place our simple syrup, bitters and bourbon into a mixing glass with ice. Stir well, pour over ice molds in two rock glasses, or just pour over ice in two rock glasses, and then garnish it with the orange peel, cherry, and cherry juice, and cheers. Cheers. Okay, so that's our blood orange. Uh, old-fashioned. That sounds good. I feel like I need an old-fashioned right now. Really? Uh-huh. Well, we got our drinks, so what's going on, Becca? Well, I like to have a nice little cocktail when I am reading my tarot cards or some new oracle cards i actually just got some new oracle cards um in today okay um oracle cards without without giving you guys some type of like uh definition from from the from the internet is basically like um a, a modality a tool that one uses to ask their soul questions or to, to kind of reach their higher self and gain information and just kind of connect with using a modal a, a tangible item to help them uh with with questions that they may have sometimes people may use like a pendulum sometimes people use a pendulum is a a, a crystal or stone with a um, a gold or silver chain and it swings back and forth and it uh, it answers questions for you okay actually today i was I, Pendulums are like pendulums, tarot cards, you know, crystals. These are all types of things that people use to just kind of connect with their higher self and get answers. Okay. And so 
today I got some new Oracle cards um, and they're called the Star Seed Oracles. So they're pretty cool. So let me tell you what a Star Seed is. So Star Seeds, and it's, you know, all of us could be Star Seeds, but basically they're souls that have a longing for the mysterious and unknown. A star seed is an old soul, someone whose soul has experienced places other than earth. And then it goes on to tell us that perhaps all of us are star seeds. Some of us display stronger traits because the veil of our remembrance is thinner. And remembrance means, I'm getting to a whole nother subject, but so the, the veil of our remembrance is thinner. So if we all had these different experiences on and other parts of the earth, and now we're experiencing life right now, uh, that means you kind of remember what you used to do back in the day. I say back in the day, but it's really not our back in the day. Okay. Or perhaps some souls have spent more time or recent lifetimes in, um, incarnating in places in the unknown and the unknown universe. So some of us, um, all of us can be star seeds, but that doesn't mean all of us have awakened enough to, um, to activate to activate that trait that we have so these star seed cards are pretty cool because you what you do is you kind of connect with your tarot cards or your oracle cards and that could be with like kind of attunement it could be like with your crystals your sage whatever it is that you want to do to connect with the cards and um you know say you have a, a question a prayer or maybe there's an issue that you want to um um discuss and hope to get some type of guidance with your um cards you go to your um oracle cards so ashley do you have a question for do you have a question for um for us or you 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 want to you have something on your mind that you want to get some guidance on uh what kind of question can i ask like is it any question yeah it's just kind of anything that's kind of on your mind um you know, it's it's not going to say, give you step-by-step step on what to do. It's going to give you, an, it may give you an action item. It may give you something to think about. You know, maybe you're like, oh, I really am thinking about doing this in life. Or I've really been concerned about um, this new job or finding a new job. Or, you know, maybe I have a question about a coworker or I'm having a, a different, okay. whatever. Okay. Well, I am really focused on family planning. Okay. Uh, so I guess my question is, what can I be doing to prepare for family planning? Okay. Or I guess I think that's the question. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. It, it's, that's totally fine, Ashley. It totally doesn't have to be like an. Like, what I really want to know is like, when is this going to happen? But right. that's not the kind of question we right. <laughs> we're asking today. I don't have that. I don't have that one. That was a, <laughs> that's a different session with us, Ashley. That's a different session. Understood. Oh, this is the card that. This is the card that. Um, this is the card that popped out for you. It's okay. called um, "All Paths Lead Home." Enter authority, intuition. Turn your gaze within. So I'm gonna tell you what that means. So all paths lead home. According to this one, it, it's normal to look at it's normal to look at the external world for answers and guides. Guide. Okay. What's revolutionary is turning your gaze inward. You're being called to source your guidance from within. So your guidance from within, meaning your intuition. 
Mm -hmm. um, to study the tearing of your inner landscape, to develop a reliable relationship with your soul. The more time you spend connecting with your soul, the deeper connection will become. The challenge for empaths is staying connected without cutting off from the world. The best way oh to do this. Oh my god! Go ahead, go ahead. Have some the best things. way to do this is develop a daily practice that helps you keep checking in. What's the daily practice? Oh my best god! That you keep checking in? That's crazy. Um, so daily, I have been keeping what I call like I call it my invocation, but my prayer bowl, and I have been writing sort of prayers and notes to myself and putting them in the bowl as like a, a form of meditation and release. And it's so funny. I kid you not. Today, I wrote the word connection to myself means connection to God. Come and on, Ashley. And Come I wrote, on, Ashley. Oh my gosh, this is blowing my mind. And then I wrote, um, I, I exercise to connect with my body. Yep. And, you know, to celebrate my body. I wrote both of those. And then I put, I meditate to clear my mind and hear God's voice, right? Because I believe that, you know, God is within all of us. Yep. And when you meditate, that's the listen. Right. Ask, right. To clear listen. my mind and hear God's voice. And then I wrote, um, oh, what was the last one? I, I, my relationship with food is I nourish my body to celebrate my body. I don't know. Something to that. Oh, effect. I love that. Oh, I got something for you to listen to about around that, but okay. okay. Let's so talk about it. But anyway, that's so funny. I kid you not. I wrote the word connection this morning and then those things. This is all divine order. So the hey. best way to do this is to develop a daily practice, which you have that helps you keep checking in to draw on the wisdom within and that, let that be the authority in your life. If this card appears, you may be called to develop or switch up your spiritual practice to get in the habit of turning your gaze within, getting centered for the day before consuming anything from the outside world to start from a feeling of at-homeness and throughout each day to find simple ways to keep coming home, whatever that is that brings you home. This doesn't mean switching off the realities of today's world. We need as many conscious people as possible living with their eyes wide open. Rather, it's a call to start your day from a place of connectness, connectedness, grace, and devotion. So when you go out into the world and when you let the world in, you do it from an unshakable state of being, a state where you are drawn, you draw on your strength, authority, and a guidance from a place deep, deep within. So your soul, your star soul inquiry is, inquiry is, this is like a journal prompt. Okay. How are you being called to turn your gaze within? You just mentioned it. You yeah. write out your invocations every day, daily into this bowl. You meditate. You have these words of affirmation in regards to honoring your body and honoring your body with movement and food. That's amazing. This is cool. Thank you for sharing that with you me. You are welcome. Becca. Anytime. Well, listen. And we have broken in the new cards and I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love doing this. So I'm glad that that resonated with you and if you found it helpful.
All right, Mecca. So recently, um, the Congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right, but affectionately known as AOC, um, took to the floor of the House of Representatives and delivered what I would deem a very powerful statement about um, the Representative Yoho making Tim, Ted, Yoho, Yoho. Yes. Making um, a very inappropriate statement toward her and calling her um, an effing B. Do we know what, um, you know, I've seen quite a few videos, um, but do we know what content, like what context he was using to say, like, was he, where did it come from? Like what brought this about? Like, what was this? what was the root of this? Do we know that? I don't actually know if I can remember correctly to tell everybody, but from what I understand, there had been some sort of press conference or public, they were in public outside of um, the hill or on the hill. And there there were several reporters around and he was overheard and I think recorded using this language toward her. Um, On TV, in front of people. In front of people, yes. It It wasn't like he thought his mic was off, he was done, and he was saying something under his breath. Is that, it wasn't anything like that. I do think he probably thought he was saying something under his breath, the way that I've heard him speak about it. Um, thinking maybe no one had heard him or should have heard what he was saying, but it is definitely confirmed that this is what he said. It's widely known. No one is disputing that he actually said that. And he himself at this point is no longer disputing that he actually used those words. I think originally he was, but he is no longer saying that. All right, I get it. And she, she says in her opening statement how he pointed his finger in her face. So... I guess now that I say that, there was no, oh, I thought my mic was off. He directed that by pointing his finger in his face, her face, and saying, you're a effing B. So that was definitely towards her, and it wasn't on accident. Yeah, I don't think it was on accident. Absolutely. Um, It begs the question, you know, this is the way I thought about it. If I was ever in any situation with my colleagues, that kind of language directed at me or about me is never really appropriate. It's never never appropriate. Not really. It's never appropriate. Right. So whether you thought somebody was hearing you or not, um, to open your mouth, to use those words, to speak about a colleague. Yeah. Especially, you know, in a public, like not even especially, we don't need to qualify it. Just period. A colleague. Don't be talking about your colleagues like this. Um, and so AOC, from what I understand, um, did not necessarily request an apology. Congressman Yoho attempted to make a statement, which I interpreted as him justifying what he was saying, um, and said, you know, I will not apologize for being passionate. Um, what are your thoughts on his yeah, initial I mean, response? So I saw his apology and his apology started with how he can relate to people, how he struggled, how he was on food stamps. I guess he was trying to make himself seem like the average Joe talking like the average street fool. That's how he was acting. Mm-hmm. And so 
she she he tried to make it seem like he understood like the average person's mindset by leading us into this i i had all of these downfalls up until now mm-hmm. and you know he goes on to tell us that he has a wife and he has a daughter and all those things like none of that matters because you still directed this kind of verbal abuse to another person so regardless if it was if he had a daughter didn't have a daughter that's his character right and so aoc definitely took to the floor and gave this gave a um a speech and i loved every minute of it every Every minute minute. i even read the transcript just to make sure i had it down packed okay she was committed she read the transcript y'all she definitely eviscerated Congress Miyoho, and rightfully so, I will say. I agree, rightfully so. And I think what, what was wonderful and powerful in that moment is that she was voicing what probably a lot of women, if not all women, have felt at some point in their lives, period, um, to have been disrespected accosted is the word that she used use the word accosted you right um she said she felt accosted so i have some favorite quotes from the from the speech she gave okay no yeah just what what resonated with you and i can tell you while you think about it and collect your thoughts but and i'm not gonna quote her for word for word because i didn't go read the transcript and read it off but i'll tell you this some of the highlight reels for me was when AOC said, my father and mother did not, my parents did not raise me to be disrespect or tolerate disrespect yep. from yep. me. Yep. And she said something to the effect of like, thank goodness my father is not alive. She said, thank God my father is not alive to see another man disrespect his daughter. But my right. mother saw this man disrespect her daughter. her daughter. So I had to prove to both of my parents. They, they didn't teach me, to, they didn't raise me to just sit here and take this kind of thing and sit down. Not from and a this kind of abuse from a man. From a man, exactly. The next thing that really stuck out, stuck out for me was um, my favorite part, I will say, is when AOC said something to the effect of when Congressman Yoho used that language. He gave the world mm. permission mm. to call his wife Ooh. and his daughters Ooh. the same thing. And I was like, dang. You know what? She right, because he opened up this. And I, I mean, I would hope that no one does that. But but she's right in the sense that, you know, people do exactly of the examples that they're shown. Yeah. President or President 45 shows that all the time. So I think that I think she was dead on with that. And I like the fact that she led with the fact that I'm not this language didn't pierce me. I'm not losing no sleep over it. I'm not hurt. I have worked in restaurants. I have tossed people out. Like I'm about that life because I understand it. But I I want you to know that's not, that's not acceptable here. And I like the fact that she said that. She's like, it's not acceptable here. So it's not so above it. And I've never heard it. Like I'm not like grasping my pearls, but that's so inappropriate for so many reasons. It's like he just became some street fool. Like, they're not in the street. If he want to talk like that in the privacy of his own home, 
his own Roonies or whatever, or you know, do cronies. it. Ro- yeah. What is it, cronies? Okay. Cronies. Yeah, Thank I don't you. know the origin of that Thank word. You. Thank you. <laughs> Forgive us all. We got to research. But you know what? Keep in mind, this is the same Congressman Yoho who spoke out and interrupted President Barack Obama during his State of the Union address and called the man a liar. Called the President of the United States a liar. What was it? What was the basis of that? Lying about what? Um, um, I'm not quite sure. I think it was some policy, like a policy win for the year that had happened, or you know, something that was recent. And uh, Congressman Yoho yelled out, you lie, in the middle of the State of the Union. And that had never happened before. That had never happened before in this country's history. So now we're starting to see a pattern of disrespectful behavior. Now we see a pattern. Right. That's beneath the office of a congressperson, in our view. Or just, you know, a respectable man. A decent person. She named it a decent person. person. She did say decent man. She said something to the effect of, like, this this situation goes to show you can be a husband, you can be a father, you can be a congressman, you can be all of these things and still accost women. You can be perceived as a decent man. You can be perceived as having status and still accost women well we see that we see that on a regular basis with all day every day so she was speaking that truth she was definitely speaking that truth right and i was grateful that aoc um took the platform to make that statement because i felt like that was a historical iconic moment did you see that neck roll she was giving us Yo, she's not she's not playing with them she's about that life she already said i've thrown men out of bars for less than this, so, or for more than this, or something she, to that effect. So, she's about it. She's about it. And I hope we never see this kind of behavior out of Congressman Yoho again. did you hear about this um the team up of barack obama and biden uh do this kind of like a response to 45s just his his response on corona kind of like what they what they did in their um in their term and just like kind of like it was kind of like a phone conversation that we got a chance to see in in real time and, and, and in person um did you get a chance to see that yes and I was here for it. Several points I want to make here. The first is it was so refreshing to hear the voice of President Barack Obama back on the national stage commenting on current events of the day. It was refreshing to see him and um, candidate Joe Biden discussing what they stand for and their values and what we could expect from a Biden candidacy turned presidency. Um, it was refreshing. It was just refreshing. It was a balm to my soul. I love to it. hear him speaking again. I loved it. 
I love, I love them showing up. We saw them getting out of their uh, black SUVs with their black mask on. Both yes. getting off the it elevator. Was return of the bromance. It was, it was like, yeah, you know, they get off the elevator. Biden goes out first. Barack right behind them, showing him, I support you, brother. And, you know, Biden is just kind of like doing his walk. And I swear I saw President Barack Obama floating through the little corridor of the uh, elevator. Like, he was just, he's so smooth. Like, he's not even trying to be smooth. He is so smooth. So it was really good to see that. And, and, And I love that the the pieces that they put together they kind of like one of the highlights was like can you believe we would have never said oh I'm yes responsible you know i just love that to was a highlights. wonderful way to kick off like could you imagine ever saying i'm not responsible while we were in office and he was like not in a lifetime never not ever never, never would have done anything like that this is what it looks like to be a leader to take charge this is what leaders do Leaders take charge, they take responsibility, they make decisions for the good of the nation and not for themselves. I was here for it, all of it, every single one second. Me too, I love it. And I love it. me to ask, um, so I'll tell you this, my initial thought was, okay, this is, this is working for Joe Biden. I don't necessarily think well, obviously, in the midst of COVID-19, quarantine, pandemic, no one is going out for, or no one should be going out for rallies um, and being in large crowds. Um, but the other part of me really did think, this is really where it's at for Joe Biden. I do think this is his sweet spot because it doesn't seem like speaking off the cuff, or sorry, speaking on a script in like a debate forum is always his best. Um, when he has limited amount of time to make his point, but in order, but to have a sit like a seated, comfortable conversation right. with Barack Obama was just like, okay, this is Joe Biden, comfortable in his element. Element, he is capable. He is clear thinking. I uh, agree. Rattled. It shows so, him the best light. Yeah, yeah. It showed him in his best light, and as someone who can logically walk through his points of consideration um, and is conversational and can speak to you in a way that's I understand what you're saying and I think that's probably what a lot of America just wants right now like tell us what we need to know tell us in a way we understand Um, don't talk down to us Um, and I think that he does that well so I feel like this is a turning point possibly could this be the new wave of campaigning in the future, should the pandemic completely permanently shift our way of engaging with political campaigns? What are your thoughts? I think it could be. I think it'd be, it's a, even if there was, even if we had the ability to, to do debates and have campaigns, I think this format is smart even in those times because we've seen um, Biden get up there, do a debate. Sometimes he gets a little rattled or maybe we don't understand what he's saying. And I feel like this, you know, and even I'm not gonna say he even had a script, but he was talking to an old friend and it was a conversation that he knew all about. There wasn't anybody trying to butt into his conversation, over talk him. He was able to articulate what he thought. They got at the conversation between both of, both of them. So it showed him in his best light. 
and this could be the way that campaigns are going, I mean, it's going to be an advantage to everyone that does this because you get to stick to your agenda. You get to talk about your platform without being interrupted, without being rebuttaled, without someone bringing up anything that disputes anything that you say. So it, it really depends on how you use it because I mean, 45 can do the same thing. No one's going to be there to, to tell him that he's wrong when he's making up all these stats and whatever he's making up. Like, so that part, it could be, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, it could be very good. They also could be, you can, no one has to be accountable either when, when you do it that way. <laughs> that is true. That is an unintended consequence that we all need to be thinking about. So we need to be good discerners of information, doing our own fact checking. If you are unclear on if something is right, don't quote anything until you've confirmed it with a verified source. Right. And, right. Um, y'all know what a verified source is. We don't, we don't need to get into all of that. But should you like a tutorial on how to gut check yourself on is this fact or not? We will dedicate an entire segment to that. Let us know. But fact checking. Fact checking. Y'all know how to do it. Every we need to return to the fact checking. Just because you saw somebody post it on Instagram doesn't mean that it was true. So or Facebook or any of the other social media. The platforms. internet is not always right. And I'm gonna tell y'all right now, blogs are also not sources of news. No, it's definitely <laughs> not. It's definitely not. I could go out and write a whole blog about eating dirt. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make you right. And Mecca will have y'all out here eating dirt because you believe that she's credible and what she says has to have been researched. <laughs> but sometimes you need second and third sources to back up what you're hearing and right. read it. Right. But yeah, I do think this could be um this could be a different way of campaigning. It's definitely working to Joe Biden's benefit. We are less than 100 days out. Can you believe that from the election? Can you, I don't even know what his year went. I don't Actually, think anybody knows what his year. I think we're all just in the bed, like, am I going to get corona or what? You know, I think this is, somebody said this year was a waste. I don't want to call it a waste. I want to say so. it was a year of reprioritization. And um, it's nice to see that we're 100 days out from the campaign. President Barack Obama has has tuned in and backed up Joe Biden or started stumping for Joe Biden. And um, we enjoy seeing the conversation. We enjoy hearing the thoughts of President Barack Obama. And we hope to keep hearing them. And for more. Let's do it. Catch us next time on Incense and Whiskey. In the meantime, take a breath, have a sip.